0: A woohoo, a hand clap a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary.
1: BGW. Void prohibited by loss. See terms and conditions.
2: 18 plus. It was the worst betrayal I'll ever experience in my life and it was gut-wrenching, and I'd never been sadder in my entire life. Oh, man. But from that, and where I took my life in industry, if I could go back, I would not change a single thing.
3: Yeah. I'm having such a tough day right
1: now.
4: You having a hard time? Well,
1: not as tough as mine. I have a migraine headache, and I want all the
3: sympathy headed in this direction, please. How thick is he? So, like, how close can I get?
4: How thick is Dane Cook? Yeah. Two Cs. <laughs> what
3: kind of question is how that? How thick is he? Is he how a thick, thick boy, is or is he like, I don't was,
4: know. I was actually curious. He strikes me as a tall guy. I think he's tall. He, he, he has, strikes
1: me as a tall guy.
4: He has one of those hairstyles that goes up.
1: Oh, it adds a couple inches. Yeah.
4: Maybe that's why Jordy don't want to wear the headphones. One more time See, in English? just came out of my One mouth. more time in English? <laughs> that was just gibberish. Did, did you gibberish. say Jordy or George? It might have been Jordy. Welcome Jordy. back to Impulse, the normal podcast in the world. Thank you guys for listening, watching, viewing, and subscribing. If you're not subscribed yet, please hit that button. We're, do, we're doing uh, we're doing cool things on this channel. People are paying attention to us for some reason. I did it. <laughs> it's pages. <laughs> no English are, today.
3: Do I look good? You're too close to the guest. No, here. he's
4: nice. Speaking is getting harder. The older I, I Oh get. he his hair is probably six inches tall.
1: Three three and a half inches. Dane. Tall. Oh, Come on in. It's he's got yes. Yes. Dude, it looks <laughs> good, bro. This dude is a good looking chap. What's
4: up, brother? He is good looking. What's up, dude? <laughs>
1: Wherever you want. You can put it
3: all right <laughs> here. You could also take it. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're gonna <laughs> sit here, but you can put your stuff here. Well, George, you're not giving him much <laughs> room to sit. That's what told you. I just like him.
4: He, yeah. he is <laughs> he is thicker than I thought. He, you were right. How are you, bro? Good to see you.
3: What's up, brother? How are you, man?
4: Take take a seat. Welcome to Impulsive. Cool. Take take your time, by the way. No rush. Hands. We're a little hectic here.
1: We've been trying to get this podcast for, like, a years, while. it seems
4: like. A while. We have a PDF for you.
3: Yep. What? Yeah. Three, three pages. Three pages. Ah, damn. Well, I'm
2: a fan, so that makes it a good start.
4: Thanks, Dean. All right. So... Uh, how's the sound don't want to wanna sh- it's all good do you want to do a
3: delayed
1: intro like you have been doing sure i got an intro
4: for you
2: oh shit okay
4: Ready? <laughs> i gotta sit here and listen to
2: this yeah oh this is tough There we go <laughs> it's
4: quick our guest today held the mantle of one of the biggest comedians in the world, selling out arenas and platinum albums like no one before. He was a pioneer of the internet and someone we've been wanting to have on the show for a long time, ladies and gentlemen. It's Dane Cook. Holy <laughs> shit!
1: A pioneer of the internet, <laughs> Steve that. We all. Uh,
2: what did I code it? <laughs> I, was, I was in there with HTML, just fucking putting the whole thing together. Yeah, why'd you write that, dude? <laughs> well,
4: one of said B.
2: Oh, hey, oh! Dylan wrote that? Yeah. He's a big fan. Yeah, you know what? I'm glad you left out the uh, Double Platinum albums and all the <laughs> No, no, it's in there. No, no, no. It's, television. it's all in television. History book shit. We don't need that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Do you hate intros like when that happens?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's the thing about comics. We, uh, you want to get that nice robust reaction from the crowd, but the more they pump you up, they're setting you up. 100%. Because you if you're not funny in that moment, if you're not, you know, bringing something brand new that evening, all the fucking rah rah in the world of like he's here, wow, he like that's the guy, and then they're like, all right, what do you got? And yeah. if you if you dud on that opening bit, you'd rather come in kind of fucking low key, and then build it up from there.
4: No, we intentionally did that.
2: I like that. Yeah. Watch how this ends, man. Bloodshed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, dude, how are you, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on the uh, the pod. You L.A. based? I am, yeah. I bought a home out here about uh, 20 years ago and, and, and never left. Sick, dude. Yep. What whereabouts? I came, uh, well, I'm up Sunset Plaza now, but when I first lived out here, I was fucking all the way out. You know the part of the, uh, you know, people are like, where are you at? And you're like, I'm, I'm like, I'm deep in the valley. And they're like, how far are you? Like Fresno. <laughs> yeah, I'm there. in the Fresno portion <laughs> of the valley. But
1: I feel like that's like the natu- uh, natural progression of like the L.A. like uh, Celebutant is like you start in the valley and then you sneak your if you keep it going yeah. well you sneak your way towards like maybe Laurel Canyon and you're where you are now i was TV.
2: living in the basement of a Ruckers basically when i first came out here i was i was holiday in very end of the barham fucking area and i came out to do a sh- tv show in 98 with betty white I, wow i played betty, betty white. white's uh, grandson on a show that uh, nobody's ever heard of cuz it was on saturday nights at 8 30 on abc <laughs> and when i got cast in that show and they were like we want you to come out and do the show and i told my family i'm like i'm gonna be i'm gonna be on a show with betty golden girls like yeah. one of the be- you know best shows of all time and they were like when's it on i'm like saturday nights 8 30 they're like yeah we're not fucking Wendy, <laughs> nobody is home and by the way that's when vcrs were around and nobody knew how to even fucking set that so yeah i was on a short-lived show that paid next to nothing and i just uh Stayed out in the valley side and try to figure out how to work my way over here.
4: You got a wife and kids? A whole family thing? I got
2: a, I got a girlfriend of five years that's looking pretty good. Wow. You know? I didn't grow up until I hit like 40. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. I was like in my 20s. I was a real infant. And then in my 30s, I thought I had my shit together. I was like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm multi-hyphenated. I'm a businessman. Yeah, man. yeah. But I was a fucking idiot. And then right around <laughs> 38... Is I just hit like a stride and was like, oh, okay. oh, wait a second! I have to like actually look at myself in the mirror and be the judge and jury on my, you know, on 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 my decisions and you know where I want to take myself and the people in my life. Once I hit that, the last like 12 years have been pretty. Uh, I don't know. I'm having the best time of my life. I'll say that. 38
1: was your spot.
2: 38. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Sounds a lot like boys. I'm 37. 37.
2: Yeah. Get ready. 38, everything's going to kick in, and then your teeth are going to start falling out. No,
4: please. That's fantastic. Yeah,
2: that's when dental shit starts getting real, man. You're going to fucking root canal coming in about six months. I
1: already have so many of teeth from the crack. <laughs> I thought it was over.
2: Yeah, no, it's years of eating bad pussy. I actually, it's on Wikipedia. I <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that one again. <laughs> I think that should have been a round of applause. Personally, but whatever. Anyway, what's up with you guys? This is the question. No, no, oh, no. Hey, no. It's, not, it's not. It's not. Do you it's not ever take works. days off from being successful? I, won't I mean, do it. it's just nonstop. I refuse.
1: <sighs> he definitely doesn't. I mean, he he's he he just grinds all day. He's yeah. Got WWE, his you know originals project. But
2: enough projects. about me. Enough about me. No, 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 man. I got a lot of respect for you because where we're very similar, even though I'm the old bull, is. I had to do it myself, man. I had to find my audience. I had to figure out, because this town didn't give a shit mm. what I was bringing to the table. At that time, they took a look at me and they were like, no, we already have somebody who kind of moves around and and uh, is, you know, is vibrant and fucking, you know, and, and they just dismissed me. Who was why Why is that, though? Well, it's because at that point in my life, I didn't have the analytics, which is asses in seats it used to be called. Now it's whatever, fucking, you know, clicks or follows or yeah. likes or... But back then, if you didn't have that data sheet of, of asses and seats, they didn't care. Didn't care what, how good your audition was. Didn't care if you were the right guy. Mm, mm. You weren't until you tricked the system into making the industry believe you're the right guy. Industry wasn't willing to take the risk that, on someone who could maybe move the needle? A week before I released my second album, Retaliation. A week before. We couldn't get one publication to write about it. Spin, Rolling Stone, like anybody, nobody. Even like fucking Harper's Bazaar was not gonna <laughs> oh, like take no. it. Oh man. When, when, that, when, when that CD <laughs> dropped, and I did that with the click of, you know, TikTok 1.0 is my MySpace. Yeah. And when I clicked send and I hit a global fan base, two weeks after that dropped, it was Jay Z and me on the top, the actual Billboard top 100. Wow! Everybody that passed called me, even people that didn't c- care about the story. Yep. Suddenly, the allure was there. So you got to kind of hack the system sometimes, and, and you know, and and show them what you have, even though they're not willing to take a first look.
4: Although, although when those outlets reach back out to you, I'm sure it felt good, and, and it was very uh, beneficial for, for oh, your career. Dude. But but did you want to tell
2: them to go fuck themselves? A couple I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, it, but in a political way, because you're still like, well, we may all meet yeah. you know and the other thing you learn in this industry is like the person you tell go fuck yourself, well, when they're gone three months later to a new new location that you might be interested in <laughs> yeah, parlaying with yeah, yeah. and then somebody else takes over their old job that you actually like, now you've destroyed bridges well, that are unnecessary. So now you just play it like um you missed out, pal. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> so 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 Betty White, ninety eight right 8 yeah. 30 p.m saturday night nobody wants to watch that shit right. especially right. in boston or wherever on the fucking east coast or all at the pubs right right how do you get from there to to uh vicious circle like what's what does that look like <laughs> what was like the big what was like the moment yeah. where you were like holy shit this this is working
2: well it's probably when when retaliation hit because i had a the first release was harmful of swallowed and that was kind of like underground in college and it put me on the map but again the way the industry looked at it was like um that fad of MySpace, you just got lucky with the click of the, and they didn't think that was the, the internet was actually the, the highway You're that we were all going to. be first
3: comedian to go viral.
2: Thank you for saying that. I wanted to. <laughs> Thank you. No,
3: I would just say, it's a you were a cool liner of the internet,
1: weren't
2: you? <laughs> so, so the first one comes out and everybody's kind of like, uh, you know, okay, he's, uh, he's the, you know, flavor of the month or whatever. And then when retaliation comes out, I got a call from Lauren Michaels. I was in Vegas in a hotel room for the Vegas comedy festival and Lauren Michaels calls me and he goes um he goes uh I heard about your album and I said yeah man I'm you know right next to Jay-Z and then he just went you're hosting oh my god and he gave me my first hosting gig on SNL and uh after that it was just game changing everything changed after that doors were opening left and right and you know it for a little while it's kind of silly cuz you're almost like all right this is I'm not this good I'm good uh. I'll get better but uh there was a, a period there where it's just like you just Hey, you know, while the getting's good, you got to take advantage of it.
3: I uh, I recently started stand up and when I was joining it, I like to kind of step back and look at the greats.
2: Yeah. You
3: severely impacted the, the whole shift of comedy. Like I'm just talking to people that are great and they're looking at me and they're always bringing you up on how you came into the game and completely changed it from, and this is their words, not mine. They go back then there wasn't this really good looking young white kid that was coming in getting people's attentions from different aspects you really wanted and you weren't scared trying to do it in any other way first of all
2: welcome to the fucking party because it's (laughs) uh, it's 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 a wild ride but if you love it then then stick with it but i will tell you it's like um i knew can i be permission to speak freely
1: yeah absolutely okay
2: here's the thing i I was at i knew i was ahead of the, the curve with the whole internet thing i i really was like everyone's fucking wrong mm. and i'm right and and i'm even telling people i wasn't even like keeping it to myself i would go to other musicians and comics and be like do what i'm doing
4: no way do this
2: set up the page like this offer this put your shit for free mm. on napster and limewire and kazaa mm. and fucking give it away man my god give it away so a lot of people uh not everybody wants to do that not everybody loves it i love it I love tech, I always liked creating and editing and fucking, be, what font should it? Helvetica, fucking yeah. bold. You know, it's like, I love every <laughs> fucking, I make my own flyers, dude. It's like, I was doing every, I, I was a fulfillment center. I was my own fulfillment center. I was packaging my shit and sending it to people. But in that moment, I knew that generationally, here's what happened. The 80s was a boom. All our favorites that we know today of like the biggest of the, the Robin Williams and everybody else came. Yep. The 90s, Comedy Central, um, although offering a bit of a turnstile, then oversaturated the market with a lot of people that were not ready to to be out there in a major way. So it gets oversaturated, and it kills the comedy album, and it kills really live comedy because everybody from the 80s boom was like, oh, who's next? And nobody was next. Mm. There was nobody generationally where I knew I was like years of grinding and doing colleges and doing fucking every college. So right around that 99, 2000, when I had that first album, selling it out of my trunk, I was like, I- I'm winning. Yeah, yeah. I seems was like, like I'm, I'm winning.
3: You're doing it again with your, new, with your new special. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about it, but I've heard rumors. I
2: want to talk about it here first, because I, honestly, I was like, you know what, this seems like the play. I, I haven't told anybody the title, the director. I've kept it all under wraps, and I was like, this seems like a good synergy, because you guys are doing what I did and what we do. Which is like you, you fucking make waves on your own. D-
4: disrupt. You're a disruptor. That's it, yeah. man. That's yeah.
2: really it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm I'm impulsive. Let's go. Let's <laughs> do. Us Use that for the fucking promo, bro. Clip <laughs> it! Clip <laughs> it! <laughs>
0: I just fucked my own ears up,
2: so I don't know what I did. But I just want to apologize for that. Um, you, yeah, we're doing it again. So, wait, are you gonna say the things that you just mentioned or not? Yeah, whatever. You, I mean, l- listen, I I, I self financed my special. I did not want to go through a, a streamer, or a, an outlet first. I wanted to have it all done, finished, all the way to the credit roll.
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
3: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: ...in a show.
0: 40,000 people. It's been
3: a long time since you dropped yours. This is a big thing you're doing. This is... It's been 12 years.
2: No. F- five years ago, I did one called Troublemaker that I directed that I that I purposely wanted. I always wanted like kind of a, a bootleg underground type of album. So I put one out there that I never even distributed beyond... Uh, we did like a Showtime yeah. thing and... Comedy Central and then I took it and I was like I'm not gonna put this out on DVD or anything I'm just gonna fucking keep it and people ask and go where is it and I'm like I got it (laughs) if you didn't see it you didn't see it and that kind of builds up a cool allure yeah but once this new one comes out um then I'm gonna start putting some catalog shit out that I I didn't release before but I want this to be like the replanting of what I think is going to be the comedy flag the comedy flag is being replanted with this special because aesthetically Nothing looks like this. Mm. I'm sick of comedy specials that don't look unique. They don't have a great theme. Mm. They look fucking dull. They look cheap. And it cheapens the performer. And I have friends that have specials out there right now. I'm like, why? Don't why just be patient, man? You got the fans. Make it great. Yeah. Don't let these fucking people come in and and set you up to be okay. You know what I mean? So we shot something that I think is... I'll show you a piece of it. After we're done, I got it on my phone. i you want to. If, if, see a little piece, man. I'd love to see. Uh, what's
1: the What's the distribution uh, angle for it?
2: Well, right now what I'm going to do is we're meeting with buyers, streamers, and all that. But I, I love what Andrew Schultz... I don't know. Like, if you saw the news today, okay. dude, he just did it himself. Yeah. He made more, I think, than what he would have probably had. His fans are happier. Do, with the way he's, do putting we know it out.
4: the numbers? I, I've been so curious to see how his uh, self release would go.
2: I saw the thing today, and it said he made like his million dollars or whatever back that he like within a week.
3: He said. bought it back from Amazon. Well, yeah, it be, and from Amazon. Yeah. Okay, and that's yeah. why I was asking
1: about distribution because how much of of you know his release, and then also like the stuff that Chappelle's doing nowadays is like coming back to spot, uh, to censorship, right? So like there was a whole story about how Schultz didn't want to release it through. A big streamer want it because edited. they wanted to yeah. cut a bunch of shit out about abortion. Smart. And so, and stuff yeah, like he
3: he is uh, one of the comedians that are beyond. Like he knows
1: the future. It's like it's like here's the line: here's Schultz, and then like here's like Tim Dillon somewhere, like way beyond censorship. <laughs> Tim Dillon but, just doesn't <laughs> give a fuck but if, about. But, anything, but if, Schultz,
2: <laughs> you know? if Schultz had put out something that was uh lesser than whatever his fans are clamoring for, they all would have watched him and been like, "What? Yeah, hundred percent. What? Yeah. It's almost. And so I think he's." absolutely done this the right way because now his his fans that are already there are going to love it, and now he's getting press
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
0: I just think it's great. I, I
2: think that when you can do it yourself, when you can own your IP, kids, that's intellectual property. <laughs> yeah. Own it. Yeah. Okay? Because when you give it to somebody else who's a passionless fucking pencil pusher who just is trying to figure out what maybe their boss or bosses like or don't like, you're in some deep doo-doo. Yeah. So do it yourself. And then once you have it landed, then hopefully they'll come a call in and want to lease it or whatever else. We had Logic on yesterday, and oh, cool. um, he,
4: he he retired. I think it was uh, two, three years ago, and then came out of retirement. And he, he he's, uh, just dropped an album. And I asked him um, if he was nervous for his return. Right when you take that much time off, right. you know you you you. I don't want to say lose touch, but how do you how do you know how does he know that his, his stuff is still good? <laughs> I mean, it's Logic. It's fucking good. <laughs> right, and, right, right, right. Dang
2: Cook is still good. But are you nervous for the return? um i don't want to say i'm um, i'm nervous i think i always get a little bit trepidatious anytime i because i like turning corners and i don't want to be derivative so i know everything i've ever done is like okay i know some people are going to tap out and i know some new people if they take a minute i'm going to get them mm. uh, so i like the and, and that's what I'm, I'm a fan like that i'm a fan that watches somebody growing up i loved aerosmith then they did some stuff that i was like eh, i'm gonna tap out and then but then they came back with something else and i was like that's fandom Ah. I have to accept that that's fandom. Ah. You can. Gr- I had fans that saw me in college, grew apart from me, and now they're at their show with my kid that watched Employee of the Month. So now, generationally, mm. I got a couple people that are like, "Hey, man, I like that you're." I'm growing up with a generation of comedy fans. I have. I'm 50 now. I've grown up from when I started at 19, with my generation of comedy fans, and they brought their kids. So now I've got that generation of comedy fans. So I'm not nervous, but but I'm excited. I'm like I'm. You know, I'm I'm anxious. Yep. You know, I'm ready to go, man. (laughs) Sick. Sick. Yeah.
1: I wanted to ask about good luck, Chuck, uh, Employee of the Month. You got to star across from some of the most beautiful, sought-after women on the planet. And that was kind of in tandem with this, you know, uh, ever-exploding comedy career. Did you have a a a preference of the two being on the on the you know silver screen or being in front of a a crowd because you were selling out stadiums at
2: the time? Dude, I I I couldn't even believe I was. I was like, I got a big Irish fucking head, you know. (laughs) Kid had childhood acne. I'm like, I'm fucking ruggedly handsome maybe on a fucking good day, but I wake up, I look like a fucking Sharpe. You know what I mean? I like, I'm one of those people. I wake up and I like, you know, my face is like, nah, I need like 15 more minutes, man. (laughs) Ice everything.
3: (laughs) And it's so funny because my girlfriend does that. Oh, she, did, she like, roll, did she roll her face? No, she doesn't worry. She goes, oh, George, you wouldn't even believe it. I saw this on TikTok. And then she dunks her <laughs> face in ice water yeah. for 10 minutes. I go, first of all, breathe. You're going to die. And then she comes up and she's like, no, I'm, I'm... And you know what? We did it. And it was fucking amazing. What? We were, I, we were tight. Free we looked time? Like this I'm just afterwards. curious when that happened. I'm just curious we were when were you guys...
4: fucking snatched this shit. Just go ahead and tell me when you guys dumped your faces in ice water together.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've been hanging, bro. <laughs> we've been <laughs> hanging, bro. Yeah. <laughs>
2: All right. Have you ever try that, <laughs> t-? dude? Uh, the, the face in the yeah. ice water. Oh, dude. Anything. When you're doing a movie and at like five or six a.m., they're like, make up and get ready to go. You're like, dude. I'll fucking. I'll do. I'll do voodoo. Yeah. Like whatever I got to do to not look fucked up on screen. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But when the, when when all that happened, it was like it was cool because it was from stand up. It wasn't like I was plugged in and I was like, oh, I'm fucking Johnny Bravo and I'm not like I was. I was being invited to the the inner circle by like people that were either directors that were fans or writers that were fans, producers. And I got to really experience uh, an echelon of this industry that I, I deserved it. I fucking earned it. And even though I made mistakes and I definitely, you know, made some weird decisions, it was like, no, this is the result of hard work, my own hard work. Just to reiterate what he was saying though, because you know,
4: we come from digital and traditional is vastly different. There's a lot of hurry up and wait. There's a lot of, yeah. that we just don't like did you have a preference doing everything your own stand up yeah
2: yeah but no, then, nothing but, better so then why did you do traditional hollywood well because it was it, obviously it was fun it was it was it was um stand up is such a lonely road you know what i mean it's like it's it, you're isolated it's you and then a group of people and then they disperse and the idea of being like a piece of a puzzle for someone else's vision is really alluring to me So mm. that's why like today it's like. I, I I like being able to do things that are outside of the box of stand-up. I like to be behind the camera and, and tell different kinds of stories. My whole thing is I never wanted to grow in stand-up as like the same kind of performance performer. I wanted to grow up and emulate my heroes that allow themselves to be like like this new special. Like I'm self-deprecating. I'm taking the piss out of myself. I'm I'm talking about some fucked up things that I did in my life and, and doing it in a funny way because I want to be able to, to continue to, grow and evolve my my fans, you know, yeah. in, in, in my comedy, so.
1: It's fu- it's funny that you brought up um, <clears throat> comedy being, like, a, a lonely road because I've always looked at, um, similarly to how you talk about boxers when they walk in a room, when they're the, one of the best boxers in the world, everybody's like, yo, that's so-and-so, right? right. And it's, like, this elevated state. I look at comedy and, com- and like, the top comedians uh, at, the, at that time the same way, right? Like, people are like, yo, there's fucking Chappelle. Like, they're always, like, elevated at the parties. Right. They're always, like, that... In that like, um, like s- siloed space of just like being like the hero of the room, did you ever struggle with like ego as a result of that? Where you just were like, "Yo, I'm doing this by myself. I'm the fucking man." And when you, you did that, ever like get to that that ego?
2: Yeah, but my mine was really. Uh, I'm not going to get in the weeds about like the psychology of it. I was a I was a kid with a lot of self loathing. I was a kid who was not a class clown. I felt very isolated. I I was a lonely kid who wanted acceptance so what happened to me was when i finally broke through and i had everybody trying to hit me up and you know you know hang with me it was almost like i protected myself because i was like wait where where were you for the earlier Mm. part of my life and it and i could kind of sense that it was a little bit of like a facade um but it's also in this in this industry if you don't protect yourself and you don't and you don't um sometimes in a real terse no bullshit way, tell somebody no, then they're going to take advantage of you for their own pocket. Okay. So they can plug you into their thing. And they don't really care if your fans are completely satisfied with that, but they'll care when they're paying their mortgage and, and they get what they need from you. And so that's where my ego came from. I was like, I'm not just because I'm here now. doesn't mean like everybody gets to, you know, take a piece. And so from that, people will say, well, you're, you're not easy to deal with, or you can be an asshole. And it's like, well, if I did what you want and what everybody wanted me to do, what the fuck would I be at all? I would probably not be invited to anything at this point. (laughs) I'd be ass out, you know?
1: Well, you're talking about handouts and and people taking advantage, and unfortunately, you have one of probably the most document oh no cases of
3: i didn't bring it up he
2: did bro someone take he did drug oh, drugs, no. so forgive him.
1: well it, you know it, we don't have to talk about it but it's no, just we, a, no we no, we
2: could talk about it's it.
1: it's just a tough situation when the one person or or group of people that you would expect not to take advantage of you do so right, right and right. so you're
2: what we're right. talking about for the thank you kids at home <laughs> i put my brother in prison because <laughs> my brother worked uh with me at my company uh and he was uh he was nefarious he was taking and so um, I did what anybody should do when someone steals from you, which is you put him in jail. Is he still in jail? No, no. He he served all his time and now he I don't know. I don't even know where he is. Just He's, he stole twelve million dollars from you. Uh, <clears throat> on on the low end. It's a lot of money. There's yeah.
3: there's actually in I hope this is not sense. There's
2: a there's you like, found some. No, oh, I'm going to take a guess. I was there, hoping he was going to bring person. a fucking <laughs> is it a, a Pulp Fiction yeah, briefcase. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so a no, we got a surprise for you, man. <laughs> Here we it brought, is! We brought your brother! What the f***? Clip no. <laughs> it! <laughs>
3: yeah. There's a there was like an inside like joke. They're like, dude, he's so rich. He did not know that twelve million dollars was missing. I was <laughs> like, how the fuck are you that loaded? Yeah, bro? How, how did you not notice? <laughs> he's fucking loaded, bro.
2: <laughs> I was I he, honestly, it's kind of it's kind of true because I was still living a certain lifestyle. <laughs> it's kind of true. I did, I I'm lo- rich. Oh. I didn't really. I wasn't really. I wasn't looking, and also to put it with a little bit of a fucking score under it, like guys. I fuck. I'm a welfare kid out of Boston, Massachusetts. Food stamps, uh, uh, free lunch tickets. The fact that I was making any kind of living, let alone where I had, you know, gotten to, it was like I, I didn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never cared about the fucking money so much. I put everything. I put it into this special. I put everything back into work. And yeah, I'd like take a little piece off and I'll get myself a nice fucking Jeep or something. But the reality is, <laughs> I wasn't looking because I just I have love of the game, man. I had to learn to be a businessman obviously from that. And nobody has power of returning. Another thing you kids want to look into. But <laughs> the reality is it it was a f- it was it it was the worst betrayal I'll ever experience in my life. And it was gut wrenching, and I'd never been sadder in my entire life. Oh, man. But from that, and where I took my life in industry, if I could go back, I would not change a single thing mm. because it made me who I am today. I love that. Yeah. I are are you close with him now or or never spoke to him after that no spoke to him from my whole life leading up to the day he went on the run and then the day he went was you know gone my brother was gone
4: oh my god older or younger
2: older i saw him in court i actually had to go into court and i had to read what's known (laughs) as a victim impact letter once they had him and so i walked into the i remember i walked in i got a brand new fucking dolce gabbana suit (laughs) You got to really stick it. to Oh, uh, dude! It I walked good in with a fucking fresh cut. You know what I mean? Got a facial, right? Yeah, looking like it. Johnny Depp out Ryan. there. Yeah, I walked into that courtroom, fucking those little saloon doors. I fucking kicked them. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a west. It was all Western
0: court.
1: <laughs> 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 you had to do a draw behind the place afterwards.
2: Bro, I just fucking. I walked in there. I walked in there like, uh, like a person that knew, and what I told him when I read the letter. I've never told anybody this before, but what I said in the letter was, "You you can steal anything you want from me," and you and you did. But the thing that you really want that you'll never have is what's in here. Uh, I said you could never take that. You're right. I looked at him, dude. When you want to talk about looking into the eyes of a fucking shark, like if shark, a shark was just sitting in court with you, that's what it was like. <laughs> I didn't. He. My brother wasn't there. Whoever he really is was like. It was fucking. It was maniacal, man. It was weird. Wow. Yeah. Do you think,
1: would you ever consider, based on any type of reform, moving
2: back in with him and sharing yeah, apartment? Yeah. Would you guys sure. move?
1: Would you guys move back to,
2: to Let, Lowell, letting, Mass, letting or wherever
1: the, <laughs> <whatever> the fuck? <laughs> <you>
2: <laughs> the fact bucks. that you said fucking Lowell Mass, like someone says they're from Lowell Mass, <laughs> is why I like you, Mike. From fucking Coast. Lowell Mass. <laughs> Shout out, dude. Reeves. I'm from Lowell, Mass. <laughs> you want to fight me on a fucking burning couch? Let's go. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: uh it, what, what was your question? What I,
1: I do you want to go to Cape Cod with them is what I'm asking. Do you want to go to Brewster? I'll, I'll, t- <laughs> I'll, t- I'll,
2: t- I'll tell you, uh, again, I'm breaking a lot of
0: with the Lucky Land slots. You can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Of info here you're going to get a lot of you know moments that nobody's heard me talk about i just got financing on a documentary i'm doing a documentary about it Sick. i'm gonna tell the story so if he wants to at some point sit and we can sit for the first time really ever like it would be the first time i'm really meeting him then maybe we can sit down for this doc but we start filming this uh at the end of the summer and it's going to be the funniest tragedy that you've ever seen that's fucking awesome yeah, I love that I love that reconciliation I hope
4: that he does it yeah and yeah. I know the conversation is going to be hard but I will say as someone who uh, does put a lot of their life uh forward facing for people to yeah. see it is incredibly therapeutic and can be incredibly healing and it sure. is a, is it, it is a chance to acknowledge your wrongs and start fresh right and, and, and it's gonna be hard for him too I'm sure he's incredibly well, it's be embarrassed be way I'm sure, he, I'm sure I yeah, I'm sure it feels horrible, but like you're going to live out the rest of your life like that or for once in all final take accountability.
2: Yeah. Right. And then do make something great out of it. Make that, it make a great piece of meat. That would be I would love that, man. You putting that out. Like, honestly, if that could happen to me, that would be because it's a it's also a fascinating conversation and it speaks to there was a lot of growing I needed to do in my life. Whatever. I can't speak for him. But like the reality is. If, if, if you're ever judged by one moment in your life, nobody would want that. Nobody wants that oh, tag I, on them. Uh, yeah, we, we all would be, everybody. Mm, mm. We all want the opportunity, but when you're in the, whatever, the public eye or whatever people want to, like, put the moniker on, you, you know, your fuck up sometimes is something that speaks to a, a, a per, someone's own failure, and they'll project that on you for the rest of your life determined by how they feel about themselves is really why people do that and lash out. I
1: think about this stuff a lot too, because <clears throat> there's a lot of people that have like uh, people watching the show. Every most families have like inner family beefs. Oh, he did something to me 15 years ago. Right. He, you know, like right. he
2: was. Who m- ate my ice cream? Yeah, yeah, Where's yeah. my 15 yeah. million dollars? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just run of the mill <laughs> Tuesday night shit.
1: <laughs> but it just always <laughs> <laughs> it always just makes me wonder, though. Like, is there anything that's beyond? Cause, dude, you only get one family,
2: right? And it's like, it's like. I don't years. know if I if I subscribe to that. You got two families. Yeah. it's a, you have your <laughs> listening. You have you have the family of people that you know. I have people that I've met in my life right. that are that are that are like road dogs and people that are like feel like they're they're in my bloodline. You know what I mean? So, What's that yeah.
1: saying again? It's like fa- family is thicker than no. That's that's th- the main th- one. But then there's th- one that's like family is like who you make, not who you're. Home is where you
2: make it.
0: For. Yeah, that's it. They're sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I, it was, I think it was impulsive. all
3: that. It was impulsive. I don't know. I, don't I know. followed it. <laughs> uh, you you broke records for doing stand up. You've done
2: seven hours straight. List all of them. Okay. <laughs> every, every city. Seven <laughs> hours. Wait a second. No, that's not a With record. The biggest dick. The, it's the, just the, the Chappelle and I. Thing? Nah, that's second
4: comedian ever to sell at Madison Square Garden.
2: Yeah that's that's all i get now. that's it dude the fucking uh, yeah i'm walking down the hall dude i'm walking down the hall of madison square garden i'm like zeppelin was here like you're walking down you're looking at all the posters all right l- let me tell you when you walked out like snl and you see everybody you fucking love ever and then you're there dude by yourself all, you know Right, mostly by yourself. right. Standing no in the hallway band, alone, right? No pr- S- same kid by himself on the fucking playground that nobody wanted to play kickball with, and now I'm like, I'm fucking here because one person believed in me, me, and then other people <laughs> that love you go like, I'll I'll buy into your bullshit. <laughs> I, I kind of like you. I'll, I'll I'll get behind it. I'll I'll support, <laughs> just not Saturday at eight thirty. <laughs> <laughs>
1: any other thing
2: not, <laughs> not you motherfucker a with the callback with the call wow that's great but but the reality is standing there at fucking whatever madison boston garden snl and 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 remembering and you need to remember this too and it's something that you know logan's done in his life i can't speak for mike i and not read the wikipedia <laughs> but the, you read but his the, book but the re, the real reality is there's one thing alluring in the world one and that's the truth Even if it's the wrong truth, even if it's a truth that you don't, even if it's the opposite of your truth, but if you're speaking your truth and you're coming from your place, your personal constitution, it's alluring and people can't fucking not watch. Mm. It's the secret sauce to anything that you put up. But if you're false, if you put up a facade or you're kind of phony or you're trying to fucking win the majority, you're done. Dude, that's so crazy. the beginning of your end. I love that.
3: I was, uh, I'm getting mentored by Joe Coy okay and and i got very funny
2: very funny guy
3: and and i'm blessed to be able to do this uh i go out and i do my thing and he makes me bring it back to him we sit on his couch we will watch it and dead ass he'll pause it he goes that story you just told me was false Hmm. he goes it's trash stop making up stuff he goes tell your truth and i was like how the fuck did you know he goes not only will i know but the world will know right never ever lie it's true he goes stretch out the truth make it funny he goes, but don't bullshit it. Yeah,
2: embellish, you know, add comedic effect and all the things that you can do to stitch together that, that it, you know, it, it's also a, it's an occupation. You curate ideas and you have to sell it every night. So, yeah, there's showmanship. But if the core of it, this Patrice O'Neill taught me this. I started with Patrice O'Neill who, who passed away a number of years ago. But he was the guy that was <laughs> like, just be the truth, man. Because when you're, when you're up there and you're, and you're coming from your heart, even if somebody's like, I don't like this, they will listen. They can't not. People, you know, they they might tap out. They might eventually be like, all right, this isn't for me. But more often than not, you're going to connect because emotions connect more than the funniest bit in the world with emotion at the core of it. That's where you're going to win. That's what makes them clap. A laugh is one thing. When they're really clapping, it's because they're saying like, I am with you on this. Mm. I agree. Either vicariously living through you because they don't get it and that's not how they live. Or this motherfucker read my diary. This is it that's exactly me even if it isn't exactly you so all those things man he's you know joe coy is obviously a success for those reasons
1: that's amazing that you know that dude not thanks for that
2: thanks uh speaking of the let's take your head uh, (laughs) i want want to say this really quick that the
1: fact that as a comedian you know about the the importance of like relatability and, and passion as it pertains to like that type of way of speaking is is amazing because there's a lot of, dude, like we sit on this podcast and do thousands of hours of podcasts. We mm-hmm. make thousands of jokes. Everybody laughs. And I, I I hate to say this, but laughs are forgotten. But if you're able to make someone feel wow. something deep in their, fu- my most viral clip ever that I've ever made was me speaking about a drug addiction because right. I was a heroin addict for eight years. That clip has been shared more than anything I'll ever do in my life. And so the fact that you understand the importance of. Um, emotional connection, yeah. and 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 probably can then tie that into your comedy is why you're fucking legend.
2: Right? Uh, man, I appreciate that, dude, and, and the fact that you you could share something that's you know I've never experienced the uh, the gut wrenching real time experience that you had is a testament to who you are. But it's also like in our in our time on this planet, man, people just want to find things that they can embolden their own ideas with. It really is all about projection, and somebody sees that and goes, oh, maybe I can. Be healthier you know what I mean? and then hang with fucking cool people and dean Cook. I can get out of the whole ass, <laughs> but but it's also like when you when I think about um like uh the the moments in my life where it's like I got to be around other people that I grew up like loving and wanting to emulate and get a little time with them and you know break bread and finally get to ask those questions mm. like man, like how did you how did you maintain what was your you know you try to find those 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 nuggets you know of like and every single person i've i've had that opportunity with has always said oh man it was at the worst moment of my life when i finally realized and then they start giving me the building blocks and you're like i never knew you fucking struggled like that yeah. or had fear and so with this new special i'm putting out it's it's it i talk about that it's, i talk about a fucking stalker story that i've been that I've dealt with over a, a violent stalker that that's come after me that tried to get into my like and I'm sharing these things that are like stark really caustic stories but they're fucking funny he, he came after you uh, she oh yeah, boy yeah. the whole opening of my special is is me talking about this it's it's actually still it's still ongoing was she bad it's bad
3: no was she bad
2: <laughs> i'm sure she was yeah, she, I, I wouldn't hire as a housekeeper i would i would tell you that right now. she, <laughs> would,
4: clean me, she would
2: clean me with a knife She's, oh, oh wow but but really honestly it's talk it's talking about those things that have impacted you and broken you down to go like oh wait no no i needed to find something in this that um that is inspiring and something in this that's very funny yeah right that's our that's our. That's our ultimate goal, so that's what you guys will see when the new one drops.
3: I actually met you before I met Logan. Where at? Uh, when I came out here, uh, I had a girlfriend. She became a porn star later on. So Whoa, what's, no what's not it? Not entirely.
4: She just made a couple of porns that were then deleted.
3: Yes. well, What's, what's her name? You've it's done thousands. Oh, I can put her name out there. I uh, just meant for research. You've done thousands of shows, so you might not even remember this, but I came. <laughs> it was my first weekend in L.A., and I was okay. like, yo, what am I, I'm going to take this girl out. She's visiting me. What am, what am I going to do? And I was like, dude, I'm going to look up a comedy place. So I looked up, I see Dan Cook. I go, oh, my God, B&E, Snickers. I go, this is it. <laughs> I'm living my childhood. So I go, and I made the first mistake. It's my first comedy show. Yeah. I sit in the very front row. Uh, I didn't know this is where Target practices were oh taking boy. place. I sat oh there, no. and I see, what you, I, do? I see you looking at me, and yeah. then looking at my girl, and yeah. then looking at me, and looking at my girl, and I, I have to pee. And I'm like, I'm not getting up. Oh boy. I go. I know he's gonna say some (laughs) shit when I get up to go pee. (laughs) We're at the Laugh Factory, and I'm like, I gotta pee. I gotta pee. I gotta pee. I gotta gotta, fucking gotta pee. I gotta pee. So like, fuck it. I'm gonna go. So I get up. I walk. I walk. But I'm like, you know what? Let me just let me just hear to see if he says some shit. I walk around the corner, and he goes, Is he gone? Oh boy. (laughs) And he goes, What's up with it? And I come back. I go, No, 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 no. And I literally make you laugh so hard, you dropped the mic. This this happened. This
2: is a this is a moment. So so I was I was talking to your girl when you left, and trying to find out like size you up or like figure yeah, out like yeah. what's up with this guy and yeah you look yeah. you said
3: i looked like somebody who sells a uh, cologne at a mall
2: <laughs> that's true yeah, at a, you do. At a kiosk. <laughs> yeah
3: you do
4: you do look like a kiosk and then guy. i
3: dish something back and then i made you laugh made you drop the mic and then I, you actually made me stand up and everybody clap so it was like a really cool moment that oh, i cool. always remember thanks for forgetting it I- <laughs>
4: it's
3: fucked up i thought you were gonna be like oh my god that was you <laughs> no, i guess i'm forgettable
4: i thought you were gonna be like i
3: go to bed every night thinking about that guy wanting
2: to meet him again hope every time me. i'm at the mall I hope he tries to sell that me alone. That <laughs> was like one of my, that, but that was one of my, one of my things in my shtick when I used to come out here is like if somebody was in the front and one person left, I would try to break them up. Like I wanted <laughs> you to come back by the time you sat down, I would try to inject something that would make this person think differently of, of you. I had like, I was like, all right, I got two, it's like a game show. I got two minutes to figure out why they shouldn't be together. Um, but luckily it uh, didn't go that way for you or maybe it did
3: wait we'll, we're not together anymore
2: so. okay cut this part off. <laughs> this part this is where we're lingering If she
1: sun. became a porn nobody, star you really nobody gives a fuck <laughs> all
2: right cut <laughs> it Don't clip it
1: you talked about looking uh to people that you looked up to for gems and wisdom who were your inspos who were your big inspos
2: ooh man i mean there was there's a lot of people in in stand up obviously but um i think that uh, like in real life, I had a great mentor, Frank Roberts. He kind of taught me everything about uh, how to just approach anything creatively. Um, but in in terms of standup, I loved uh, Carlin. Oh, God. and so I watched. Uh, I was 11 years old when I saw. <laughs> um Carlin's On Location it was called On Location 1978. It was filmed and I got a hold of it. It was probably on HBO. I was not supposed to be so That's what I was going
1: to say. You shouldn't have been watching yeah. George Carlin at that age, at 11 years old.
2: But check this out. This is this is like again when you talk about like, you know, serendipitous and putting your whole belief in and willing, you know, some people call it manifesting, but I just really think it's like the the willpower. You want to, you know, put on size, get to the gym, to, you know, put in the work, put in the 10,000 hours. I watched that special. I see the name Marty Culner cut to many years later I start playing in the round Marty Colner had directed Carl in 78 it was in the round at uh, Arizona Celebrity Center in the round like a thousand people so I was like I love the round I think it's a great place to to entertain because something I'd learned from my mentor Frank Roberts when I would do theater do plays he he would say to me um, you want to turn your back to the audience here and then take your hat off and I would say, why would I want to turn my back to the audience? And he was like this old school, real dramatic drama teacher. He went because there's nothing more powerful than the reveal. <laughs> and I was like, wow. <laughs> so I'm like in the round, you're constantly, you know, revealing yourself, right? And so I start doing it in the round. Cut to HBO, 2005. They give me my first HBO special. They say, where do you want to do it? I say, I want to do it in an arena. I want to do it in like 20,000 people, and I want Marty Culner who directed Carlin in 78 in the round to come back. I met with Marty. He hit it off. He was like, I'll direct it. And I've been working with him ever since.
1: I remember that special. And I I remember thinking to myself, how the fuck does he decide like where he's going to like face? (laughs) Mm. Like it just brings a whole different dynamic of, of comedy to have a 360 degree, like decision-making process always going on.
2: Well, it's like, And also I'm in Boston, and I'm at the Boston Garden. You gotta remember, I was doing hell gigs for 10 years in front of fucking nobody. I was doing gigs in and around Boston in in the 90s where it was like, um, I was driving to gigs where nobody would give a shit that I'm coming and nobody gave a shit when you left. That was the early part of a comedy career. So now standing in the Boston Garden, everywhere I turned that night, I was seeing people. There's a girl I dated. There's my 8th grade teacher. That, you know, oh, there's wow. my first booker who oh, gave me, me my go- first $10 gig. I'm not gonna lie and so me. every time I turned it was like and and I I'm a person who looks at some people don't look at the audience. Some comics you'll talk to they're like, "Oh, I never look. I look at fucking everybody." I look at every single person. <laughs> oh, I, I know. I'm trying to <laughs> right? I I I'm know. trying to I'm trying to dig some fucking reality out of anything that I can I can look at. And that night spinning around like that Every time I landed on somebody, I was like, "I know him. I know her." That's, that's the wild. cop that pulled me over with the fuck, and and it was, it was amazing. That to me was like, this is going to be the bar that for the rest of my life I try to beat. Yeah, my own my own night is going to be the bar. That's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, man, it was fun, bro. I want to know. I want to know about the rock star phase. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah, had one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this excites me. Yeah, that's why I finally, like at thirty eight, was like, I got to get smart because there was that. All, I remember one time being like. Uh, Oh, man, I don't know if I should tell I, I remember one time I saw Bruce Willis out when I was first in Hollywood. Man, all these beautiful women were around him. Man, he's Bruce Willis. And fucking, you know, Die Hard. Like I saw Die Hard at the Burlington Mall when I was a kid. And I remember seeing that movie and being like, I want to be this guy. This is like unbelievable. In fact, my house now, I look at Nakatomi Plaza to this day. I mm-hmm. said, that's, I'm seeing the Die Hard. But, like I fucking, dude, I'm fucking, I'm like, this is the guy. I see him out one night like hide or whatever. Like, you know, one of the. Right, or whatever the fucking voyeur, you know what I it's mean. It's
1: at the, its old location. It wasn't even where it is now.
2: Right, the peppermint something bullshit, whatever. And um, and then I seen him like 15 years later in this place. Like on that night, it was a whole different vibe. And I kind of looked at him and I swear to God, it was like almost like he remembered us looking at each other 15 years sooner. And he was like, and he kind of went like, like st- <laughs> still here. <laughs> like, and I was like, yo. <laughs> I I think it's time to start I think it's time to start broadening my horizons and and yet I will tell you I enjoyed every bit of my single life and I I played it up to the hilt and it was it was awesome. You know, I was the fucking unluckiest kid in high school who could barely get a girl to look at me and now the whole world was like my oyster for a little bit. And if you don't think I didn't take full advantage of that. (laughs) You're a fool. <laughs> I did. Dude, y'all got I
1: Bruce did. Willis out there. Yeah. We we got Guy Fieri. That's like our that's like our Bruce Willis right. he's out there in Flavor Town on the weekends. I get it. I'm he's just fucking turning up.
2: He's in dives and diners. Yeah, hundred like, percent. You know what I mean? Eating a fucking uh, oyster dipped in fucking <laughs> batter that's dipped in a fucking chocolate bar. Right. <laughs> uh, it was yeah, it was, it was awesome, man. It was a great, it was a great era, that whole thing, you know, that whole part of my life. But in the middle of it was this thing with my brother. So when I do the doc, I'm going to, I'm going to share all those stories of what was it like to fucking be like, you're on fire. It's going hot. Nobody, nobody knew how to talk to me. My friends were like, we don't even know if we're like, can hang with you. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. But and then, and then new people want to be in your life for absolutely no reason. And in the middle of that, that fucking earthquake of a moment was this thing with my brother. So it was the the pipe dream height of my career coupled with the abyss of fucking tragedy and fear mm. happening at the same time. Fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be. I hope I hope it's good. Not so cool. Did See? it take away from it? What did I take away from it?
3: No, no, no. Did it take away from it? Like,
2: Oh, oh for, I thought at the time, I was like, what? oh, man, I kind of had like a wise me. I felt bad. Like, wise me? Why, why is this happening to me? But... When I finally got back on my feet, I was like, I'm kind of glad that happened because that actually just fucking kicked me out of, like, the haze of thinking I'm too important or whatever I thought I was for a little while. When they, when, there's no playbook and you're famous, and then you're kind of like, I guess, I, w- it just, like, I call the shots? Like, this is my fucking simulation? I run this whole thing now? And it knocked me back into a place where I was like, I'm just a kid from Arlington. I'm a fucking kid who had nothing growing up and I'm gonna do everything I can for the rest of my career to only deliver when I have something great. And that's why I, I tap out. You know the stories you hear of people saying like, they learn later in life, hey, you know, one thing I look back on and I wish I took more moments because I worked so hard, I listened to that. So when I was like 30, I was like, I'm, uh, if I don't have something to say, I'm not showing up. Uh, sometimes where you're not, sometimes where you don't show up is more important than where you do.
1: The law of scarcity. You know, yeah. Laws of power.
2: yeah, so when I come up with this, I'm, I've got a Gatling gun now, and I'm coming out with something brand new that I know is undeniable. And um, and so it did, it, it fractured me, uh, and it took a lot of therapy and a long time for me to look back and realize like, man, I'm glad that happened because I was kind of becoming a person that I didn't really know. The, the, the uh, adolescent in me? is asking this question. So he kind of mentioned it earlier. But Hold on, uh, let me let me tap into the Adolescent Army. Back to Lowell
1: Mass, ladies and gentlemen.
4: <laughs> so, so, you know, th- throughout high school, you know, internet's, internet's coming out and um, your stuff's popping off, right? We're massive fans, and then um, you have these movies. Uh, Good Luck Chuck, Jessica Alba, and then Employee of the Month, right. Jessica Simpson, right? Two very attractive Jessicas. Like, That's I had crushes right. on them in high school, like everyone else. When you get cast with these types of top tier women right are you are you just foaming at the mouth i have to know man like the, like some of the most
2: beautiful women on the planet and you from lol mass <laughs> you, you 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 um you realize at that, that moment in your life that there's two decisions you can make when you're when you're in a position to cast like i'm working with lionsgate they were my partner on eight on eight films i produced with them and at first the boy in you is like who's the girl that i like and then you very quickly realize if I just cast somebody based on that, um, I'm fucked because they may not be right for the role and, um, it's just not going to be at the right synergy. So I feel like I did a pretty good job at working with people that I thought were really entrepreneurial and, and great and came to the set with like, not feeling that it was a hang, but feeling like it was work, mm. you know, you cast them. Oh, yeah. I had I had say in all the casting on all the films. There. Oh. You, you Did you have chemistry reads with them? I don't know if I did chemistry read. I might have had one on Employee of the Month, I think. Okay. Because people weren't into at the the idea of Jessica Simpson at that time because she wasn't known. For acting. But I thought she was very winning. And when I met her and I knew her from Newlyweds and stuff, I was like, I think she's the right choice. I think there was something that at that time especially was just very, like, uh, down home about her. So, uh, I... I probably made the decisions you're talking about. Fortunately, when I was like the the college act and just coming up, I had about five years before the movies yeah. where I was fucking rabble-rousing, man. <laughs> I was a pirate, and and then I realized, all right, when I go to work, I, you're not doing that. You, you're you want a professional who shows up like you do, who's like, how can we take these 16 hours and make some fucking greatness so that an editor doesn't go. Yeah, these two like each other, but this stinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, well, how, did you,
3: like, how did you, like, bounce around with no social media? What do you mean? Like, if we were, like, blowing up and we wanted to, like, I don't know, like, say... Logan was interested in Zendaya. Who just send her off a, a tweet or like a DM. Or, yeah. But like, did you have to meet them at a per like at Not, a club? Or? The version
2: of that was uh, uh, AOL Instant Messenger was no, like the er, that was the early <laughs> sliding of the DMs. Dude. Yeah. Like you so just open the door. I had that on my MySpace, and I was like, "Hey, if anybody wants to aim me, and people <laughs> would hit uh, you know hit you up on there." So it was back channel. It's the same shit, right? I as now. <laughs> yeah. But that what was my. icon
3: of. in the in the in the in the center? You know that little icon that you mine was do the do. And it was a little guy humping a Mountain Dew can. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. That sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, it's the icon thing you choose. And then that kind of described who you were as a human. And it was just a guy humping a Mountain Dew. It was like, do the do. Du- I don't know why. I thought it was so sounds funny. like a
1: scene from that movie, Role Models, where they're like promoting that energy drink. And they drive the, the truck on the back of the bowl in front of the school. You thought Jessica Alba was going to be entrepreneurial.
2: Yeah, well that's I, what you said. Do I thought you know that, how right you were? I thought that I thought I mean obviously, yeah, billion dollar woman. But it's like when she showed up for that, again, it was like the the beautiful girl that people aren't expecting is gonna walk into a fucking pole yeah, and look okay. and look like a doofus. And when she showed up and was like, I wanna, yeah, like slapstick and she, you know, it's like a sex romp, and we're you know, and she was like, I'm ready to go for it. I was like, that is who you want. You don't want somebody people expect to, you know to to be just sexy for the sake of being sexy you want somebody that brings so much more to whatever it is that they're they're doing so I I got lucky and then when I did um, best friends girl you know Kate Hudson is like from comedic royalty so when she said she wanted to do that film with me I was like I couldn't have sent her enough you know fruit baskets and appreciation because she made me look even better in that movie because she was so good. Hecklers are the worst thing ever.
4: <laughs> when when I'm at comedy shows, I I, I hate them, and I always yeah. feel so much empathy for the. Community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you had some some pretty hectic hecklers? Oh man,
2: yeah, yeah. I've definitely like, um, and that's where you cut your teeth in stand up. Really, it's almost it's almost like um, you know, you've got this act, and you're precious about it, and you're you know you know it's like you you want I want to hit my punchlines and hit the button and the tag, and then this heckler comes in, and what they do is they're disruptive, but they're also immediately bringing out who you really are and it's kind of cool because that's really where you want to get to yeah. not the not the fucking act but have the act but be allowed to break out of it and deal with something that's happening in real time so for me the the best gift is when a heckler breaks into my psyche I'm, careful what you say right now <laughs> Oh no, I people yeah. <laughs> they'll never win. They can they can come at me and even if they know like oh, well, let's go get him. It's like I have fucking katanas on my back. <laughs> I, I'm rebirth that island. It's
4: Deadpool out there. It's
3: it, it,
2: it it's not uh, it's a no win situation if you if you if you step into the fucking comedy ring with me.
3: The the first time I performed at the Laugh Factory, I text Logan a clip of what I'm about to perform and he yeah, texts yeah. me this is fucking terrible, and I'm like, oh fuck. And ah. then wait, hold on, hold on. You're being real. He he loves my comedy. I'm not saying he doesn't, but he's like, you could do better. But you're very, very fucking. But but did I straight say to the wall, wall. like that? He literally said, "This is fucking terrible." I showed it to everybody; they agree. That was like the
4: exact fucking text. Uh, it was probably pretty bad, then.
3: And, and so I was like, I was like, fuck. And then um, I don't know if you know uh, 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 Enrique. He texted a bunch of comedians that yeah. I look up to, and they all got excited that I was performing there, and they all showed up. And my girlfriend was watching me for the first time, and I was like, dude, this is the fucking most pressure I've ever felt. Right. Then a heckler goes off on the comedian, but they were the right before I got on, yeah. they were going so much they stopped the show, they escort him out. And then now they're like, anyways, we got another guy coming. I was like, Are you kidding?" <laughs> That's bad. So I go up and in my mind, I was like, Oh, you know, I, I did great. It was a it was uh, and we recorded the whole thing. It was a great time. Yeah. Two days later. You recorded a,
2: the heckler moment.
3: Yes, okay. everything. From the beginning to me performing, everything. We I am at a I'm at a house party.
2: All right. This is getting wordy, but let's let's keep it. Going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at a party. Act two. I'm at a house party. <laughs>
3: All right. Do you uh, that song <laughs> I Like Me Better That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I see the artist there and I'm like, oh I gotta go compliment him. I love his work. Love I to, yeah, I go to him, I'm like, yo, but I love your work.
4: I love your work. He's yeah.
3: the heckler. He's
4: the heckler. Shut the out. fuck up! Uh, wait, I I thought
3: it was wordy, Dave. I thought it was wordy, Dave.
4: You just heckled me Earth. while talking about heckling. <laughs> you just fucking heckled me. I'm fucking done. I... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Loud. No. Wait, was he actually? That's actually. Wait, was he great. actually the heckler? He, it must oh, have that's... been. Like, it must have been like a. Well, oh, do you want to hear wo- the
3: rest of the story now? So I went up to him, and I said, hey, I love your work. He goes, oh, what do you do? I go, I'm a stand-up comedian. He goes, oh, I just went to a stand-up show, and they kicked me out. I go, hold the fuck wow. on. When was this? He goes, two days ago. I go, Laugh Factory? And he goes, yep. I go, motherfucker,
2: you ruined my first time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my wow. And you ha- Wait, you have it on film, too? Everything. That's unbelievable. God, it was wordy, God. That's uh <laughs> <a laughs> my hand and say
3: it's a great story <laughs> That's
2: a great story. <laughs> <laughs> get from uh, I'm gonna <laughs> let you open for me next time uh, you're yeah. now you're out there with Joe Coy. A, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That is a good story. Dude, censorship. Censorship. Bro. I just did Chappelle's summer camp last year. Yep. And it was like. Oh, you went to Ohio? Yeah, I mean, I know I know Dave since. When I was in New York City, 93, I was like, whatever, 19, and there was Dave. Dave and I were doing early gigs. He was like fucking 11. or I don't know how old he was. But <laughs> and uh, so Six. we were doing these early gigs together, and Dave was always a guy that I kind of put Dave, – listen, Dave is in his own thing. Dave, Dave is not – Dave is Dave, and he's he's a transmitter in a lot of ways. And he was doing that then, and he does it now. He just – again, talk about like coming from his truth mm. and coming from a place that's like it don't like it whatever like his unique perspective on things and the humanity that he tries to put into those things it's it's really amazing man he's awesome
1: yeah
4: so
2: so Wait, wait hold on (laughs) (laughs) no i i I just want
4: to i just want to pin the censorship yeah yeah yeah, real quick because you went to yellow springs yes ohio Mm -hmm. to perform while dave was doing his thing during covid right
2: during the, yeah whatever at the end yeah last year I'm, not not this summer last summer
4: so i'm curious how this worked because like i, I remember thinking at one point like w- what's dave chappelle doing yeah and then he was gracious enough to invite me to um uh a a set of his and the premiere of the movie that he was making right then and i i remember thinking oh my god this motherfucker wasn't not doing anything he was he was, he was doing something that had never been done before. Of course, yeah. He was putting on shows in his backyard in yeah. Yellow Springs, Ohio, in a cornfield.
1: Tra- corn
4: completely trashed. <laughs> Hammered. Amazing. No, but the, but, but the film was amazing. Yeah. Was your experience out there like, did, did it feel revitalizing to once again perform again in front of a crowd? Because COVID killed everything, especially for
2: comedians. It did. It, it also felt like, um, and Dave and everybody said, like, this is going to... F- be really unique what you're and i kind of was like okay i get it but then you get down there and it really felt like being at camp or something it, w- it was what he set up down there and the shows he was putting on um i don't think i'll ever experience anything like it even if i do it again that first time of being there and, and being a part of that but but sharing the stage w- stage with dave who dude check this out <clears throat> i start i'm doing uh, early gigs with. i'll make this it's a long story very quick <laughs> we're doing college gigs together like we're kids and we used to go back to back. Back then, like I've always, I'm naturally energetic. I get fucking excited when I'm on stage. But back then I was like Tasmanian devil. Like I would do anything for a laugh. And so I'd go out there and I'd fucking massacre. I'd just be out there just like sweating. And then Dave would go out and Dave was Dave. Dave was kind of like, you know, he'd go out there, he'd go, man. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said to me, Chappelle. And he paused. And then he'd think for a little bit. And then all of a sudden he's killing. He's killing. And we're backstage. And I said, Dave, I gotta, I gotta know, man, how I'm still learning. I, I feel like I'm still, you know, I have so much to learn. How are you doing this? Sometimes you're following me and instantly you're just getting him and killing. And Dave Chappelle, as a kid, looked at me and he went, The power's in the silence, man. Mm. The power's in the silence. He was just, oh, he's Dave. He's he's he operates on a whole different mentality and level, and that's why he's the GOAT. I love that sentence, though. There's so much power.
4: If you can get comfortable with silence. Yeah. Jeff, my manager, sitting over there, he uh, he taught me. So what, what is it? It's uh, if someone asks you, so, some, anyone can ask you a question, but that doesn't mean you have to answer. Mm. Right? And especially when you're doing any sort of press, any interviews, anything, if you can get comfortable just chilling. Right. Massive impact in that. True. Are you worried, on his point, about things you're saying? Are you worried about being canceled? Are
2: censorship now, and, and, and especially for comedians, is becoming more and more prominent. No, because I think that it's incumbent upon anybody performing stand up comedy today to, you wanna keep your integrity, but you also wanna do one thing observe and report from your experience. If it happened to you, if it happened from you, you can talk about it. Anything anything. But if you're trying to tell somebody else's story through your eyes, that that era of stand-up comedy is is over. And it and it actually it should because it's pretty ignorant. Nobody should be speaking on somebody else's story for the sake of getting laughs off it. I I've done that. I'm a storyteller. Even all the way back to vicious circle, like when I did the crying bit, it's to this day the bit that I can't go a day without somebody writing me about it because when somebody has a bad day and they're crying, they go, dude, I started laughing. Hmm. My mom was dying of cancer when I wrote that bit. My mom couldn't be at the best show I ever did in Boston. And that night when I performed that bit, my mom was in Florida, in Delray Beach. She couldn't make it to Boston. So I gave that bit everything I had, both because I knew it was funny around it, but like how I was really feeling. I was really missing my mom that night. Got on a flight the next morning, brought it down and got to show her. This is what that moment meant to me. And so to be able to, Observe and report your what you experience. You can do whatever, say whatever the fuck you want. Don't let anybody ever put any boundaries at all on that. And and if they try to, it's just them, man. It's just people's experience and projecting. has n- What other people think of you has nothing to do with you. So you get up there and you observe and report from your own personal experience and, and then you won't worry about being canceled or censored. Still, people might not like what you have to say and, and think it's, it's garbage, but you're never going to worry you're going to sleep very well at night knowing like i'm just doing i'm doing what i know is is my life i'm talking about my life it's so it's logic said i was just going to say the same thing yesterday literally
1: the exact same thing we had logic the, the yeah. hip uh rapper on yesterday and he he was using a word that someone called him and i said right. are you worried about using that word and he's like dude they called me this like yeah. i'm simply reporting what happened right. i'm not i'm not making a story of i'm not using it as a slur i'm just saying what happened right right right
2: and so it's, it, it there's, there's always going to be, listen, there's going to be vernacular jargon. There's going to be things that you say, there's always going to be something that people are going to find fault with it. It's, it's once, once you're a known comic, once you're known anything, then you have just opened yourself up to a realm of people that are, there's more people that are not going to be into what you do. Yeah, They just are going to be having to hear from their friends or whoever, like I'm into this person. And then now you've got dual. Sometimes you know two people that like you, or one person's like, ah, I'm not into it. So yeah, you're always going to come in and out of favor, I guess. But as long as you your integrity's intact, then um, unless you're like a political comic and you're like, I'm, I want to get out there and make statements about, then you got to expect that you know your job is to be critiqued. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I might be. Uh, you know, uh, what is that called? Like uh, uh, criticize criticized about you know like you know some of my statements and but if that's the kind of comic you want to be then you know like all right I I lose half the audience I gain a new audience that you know otherwise just do your thing from from your heart man
4: when you were on this run and you're pursuing this 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 career in in the arts um you know comedy is an art it's a form of of media and entertainment and you would do a set and show your parents you know what you what you did did they find it funny? Did they did they understand what you were building or or because I remember when I would show my parents some of my videos that it's like oh, that's funny. Yeah.
1: You wrote a bike but, but that, off a picnic.
4: Table. But that's it, right? it's just there's no <coughs> right. be beyond like I okay. Like that's essentially what they said. <laughs> right did you have that or were they were they more in tune with
2: what was sometimes, going on sometimes you wanted them to be in tune and be like i like that i like and then sometimes you knew like they're the exact audience that i want to get the opposite reaction because i know that my generation will be like i'm into that so there were certain pieces that early my you know mom or dad might be like what are you what are you doing yeah. I'd be like Okay, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't want to be milk toast, but you, you know, you don't definitely don't. You start becoming like, okay, I'm kind of like easily uh, placed. You don't want to be that. You definitely want to have some, you know, cause some friction, man. You do want to get up there and fucking kick the tires, and you know, stand up comedy should be, you know, uh, it should be a little dangerous, right? But it doesn't have to hurt people. It just so many people crave acceptance from their parents, and I think a lot of people make decision.
4: Young people make decisions about what they want to do in their life, right? Based on what their parents want, right, right, exactly. I've never ever been a fan of that, but yeah, unfortunately, like the
2: society has kind of craved, carved that into people's minds. Yeah, I think that. I mean, I I only know that my experience was once I made you know, once I made good on my promise to my parents, which was like, hey, if you support me in this, I'm. I said I'm not gonna. I said I'm not taking this halfway. Um, I'm I'm going to do this, and I told my mom, I was like 16 or so. I said, I'm not going to be kind of funny. I want to be one of the best. I want to take this. I want to be for my generation. I want to hit the high watermarks. And so when they see you make good on a promise that only they knew about, really, mm. you know, when it was just talk, mm. you know, when it was just talk, my dad would call me on it. I don't know about yours, but like my dad would say things like, because I was a big dreamer, I'd be like, I'm going to build a, lemonade stand and i'm gonna have two corners because then i get cross traffic nice. my dad would walk and he'd open the front door and he'd look outside and he'd go i don't see it i don't see what you're talking about i said no i'm not building you. i'm saying i'm going to because yeah i don't i don't see until i see it i don't really so he was the person who put in me you better show me oh stop talking about Execution. all the yeah and, and that taught me later in life keep 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 most of your desire you know share it with a confidant maybe somebody that you love but don't don't dispel the energy by telling a lot of people that really don't have your they may like you they may care about you but nobody knows your passion but you so if you start telling everybody your passion and everybody has a piece of that passion you're you're lowering that that fuel mm-hmm. you, you need to keep some fire inside of you that some people go like where are you going and you're like I got work to do yeah
1: Dude, he's got so many gems. Like you
2: you, You gem drop.
1: It's funny because you look to to your you you look to your predecessors for the gems that you're now dropping on others, right? And it's like, it's like, I think probably was it after 38 you started to pull together all of these wonderful uh bite-sized nuggets to drop based on the the things that you went through? Like, what was like the point where you were like, yo, I know some shit.
2: I just wanted to be. I wanted to grow in, into an introspective person. And if I was going to be an introspective person, I knew that I had to be willing to share my failures, but also embrace my success, which means I, I'll tell you about the worst moments in my life. I can tell you, I can tell you the, the rock bottom moments in my life and I can share them even a funny way or a serious way because what I tell people is if you're at a rock bottom moment in your life, don't be so fucking fast to get up and get out because there's so much data in failure you want it. I'm telling you, you almost want things to fuck up sometimes because that data you get from that are the building blocks for the stuff later. So I'll talk about that, but I also, I, I I don't know how you guys feel about this. Like, We're also in this time where it's like, can anybody celebrate like, hey, for a minute, I'm in the lead. I got this. And it's okay to be like, I'm, look, I'm fucking special right now. I'm fucking winning right now. And we're, now we all placate and everybody I feel good about what I, no, no. Stay Every humble, once in a while, you, you have to be able to say, I got it. I'm the person you want to fucking vote for. I got, hand me the baton. I'm winning. Mm. Follow me. Why? Because you know, I told you when I fucked up and failed and fell down. And I told you that. Now I'm telling you I'm going to win. So like with this next special, I got Marty Colner back because I called Marty and said, um, I'm ready to do something in the holy shit business. Are you? And he knew I wouldn't call him if I didn't think that I had something that I was really, you know, excited about. Because I was going to share some of the failures, but some of the upper high-water moments. So embrace the things that you know you're great at. Don't be afraid. It's a little cocksured once in a while. I'd be like, dude, I got got a swagger. You don't have to live in like that. Don't be like that all the time. That's like nobody wants to be around that person. But every once in a while, we got to be able to like fucking... Puff your chest out and be like, I got this. Yeah. Be Kanye. You know? Be Kanye every once in a while. I don't know about Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: but that, but that Maybe mess- taking his class. <laughs> that message you're giving about uh, rock bottom is is super important to people watching this and, and people struggling. Because I always say, for me, the biggest catalyst in my life were the moments where my back was against the wall. Nothing spawned more creative. Nothing was yep. more motivational. Nothing pushed me to actually fucking create and move and, and fire off like so being me, in the worst. Let me ask you the question,
2: life. and it's the hardest question, but truly, it's like you go back in time. You have a moment to adjust something here or there. Nothing. Nothing. Not a single fucking I, thing. I, I,
1: everything I am today is a result of everything
2: I was yesterday. I got you, man. I know. I I I, I, f- I completely, one hundred percent. Um, nothing's ever falling apart. It's only ever falling together. And I and I, I lost both my parents to cancer in the same year. I watched both my mom and dad in the same year get sick with cancer and put up the best fucking fight that I'm proud to say I watched and helped them fight. But from those moments, I learned so much about empathy and compassion and being a man and showing up and loyalty. And I learned about the person I didn't want to be anymore, too, which was I was kind of a fuck up. I wasn't always the person that you could rely on. I wasn't always the best in my relationships. I got selfish. I did things that was just like for, you know. But I had to go back, and, and, and in those moments, especially with my parents, man, I, it was sad. But there was a lot of laughs, even still, even in those dark moments. And from those moments, it it gave me information that I needed to be better for all the people that do love me and are around me, or my friends, or then extended fans. Because people know, like, oh, if I'm even if it's just a show, I know if I buy a ticket, my hard-earned dollar, he's going to give me a great performance, and I everything. I meet that way in my life, everybody in my life. And, and, and to speak Logan back to like, there was a time when the ego, like, yeah, it hurt because, and I'm, I i can not speak, you know, for your experience, but like, sometimes you think like, man, I, I, I did things that may be not repairable and it sucks because then some of these people won't get to know me mm. that I become better based on some stupid shit. And some people won't tap back in after that. Yeah, and, and it and it's,
4: it hurts. It does hurt. It hurts. I, I, I can't lie. It does yeah. hurt. It, it, I've always just wanted to be liked, like every other human, like except my brother. <laughs> who, he's crushing it. Who, who me. loves being like he hated? He's crushing it. But like I, 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 I've always considered myself decent. And sometimes when you do something, not decent, you you lose people
2: forever, which right. which, which which is sad. Um, but you but 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 the but people people who understand that sometimes especially as men we have to let the ship leave the shore to realize our metal what are we really and that means sometimes doing juvenile stupid dumb egotistical whatever in order to become a real man that Mm. contributes and is a contributing member of your society of your of your community so it's like i just find that arc so much more real everyone
4: everyone has that just it it varies how big or how shallow the arc is Right. like that's that is humanity that's like life that's you the ever during sex in
2: your during <laughs> sex while you're coming you ever say i've become the man, I I'm, want
4: the man! man!
2: I'm myself
3: <laughs> yes <laughs> <Nice>.
2: <laughs> no man i, I I don't know you up close and personal, but I've seen it. So as a person that also understands being judged from a distance, um, I, I like what you've become, and I, I, that's why I wanted to be here. When you asked, I was re- I was really stoked. So thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah, no, I I, I wouldn't have become w- what I am now a person who I can say I
4: genuinely love, and I haven't always been able to say that without yeah. without the the lows. Everybody loves a good comeback story. Listen,
2: I'm gonna take you guys out and buy some pants today. How's that?
4: Yeah, I'm gonna. Put we're going some,
2: to Tarjay after. This. I'm gonna
1: put some on for the next show <laughs> for sure. It's just last note on that on that that thing. I remember when everything was happening and you were. Uh, it, you very much this is the worst thing ever. Like, that was like, the, this is the worst thing ever. Like, yeah. that was your mind state. That was everything. And I, I randomly, it's funny because I, I didn't know we are going to be talking about this, but I randomly tweeted like yesterday or two days ago, the worst thing that ever happened to you yeah. is probably the best thing that ever happened to you. And, like and there were so many people that got it so much, but then there was a lot of younger people usually that were like, that's not true. I lost <laughs> my, my, my girlfriend, left me. My mom... You know, it's sick or whatever. And I'm like, homie, you don't understand the things that this is going to teach you, bro. True. That's going to set you up forever. And, so.
2: and the weird thing is sometimes the reverse is true. The very thing that you think that you want is leading you into Isn't a, that a realm that you're crazy. like, I, I don't even really want the. I just wanted to see if I could. And now I'm here. And, and I'm who driving. am I?
1: <laughs> what is
3: happening? What Man. is this? <laughs> sometimes the desire is worth more than achieving it. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. It's so funny. We were on the um, the prime bus in the UK and um, we, Prime, me yep. and, and KSI's uh, hydration beverage, and we were launching it in the United Kingdom. I
2: saw the thing with the monkey. The monkey
4: took my Prime. <laughs> yeah, but it was staged, right? No.
2: Oh. I'm kidding.
4: <laughs> 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 we paid the monkey. <laughs> well, so everyone asked me. They're like, how did you the monkey take your fucking <laughs>
2: No, I saw the I saw thing where you had to like...
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so um, <laughs> we, were, we were on top of the bus just having fun, launching uh, our beverage in another country (laughs) and and mike said and this actually like made me a little emotional he goes he goes fuck the acquisition this is the fun part right like we hope one day maybe prime gets acquired but honestly building is is great this journey is is so much fun like we 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 aren't going to be able to to do this again we we can build a completely different company um and and get that acquired but what we're building right now this journey and the the, the process is i i'm learning to love it i love that and man enjoy it and, and 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 feel it and sink into it
2: back on the present back on early myspace days my whole thing that i put it i don't know if you remember this but at the very top of my page and then on my website it said don't don't follow me and don't be a fan if you're not a fan of risks, because I plan on taking a lot of them, mm. that's what I had. And because I like the rebuild, man. I, I like being a little scared. I like not really knowing. I like that I got to learn something else and I had to learn some new shit for this special. Once you guys see it, you'll go like, oh, like aesthetically, how did you do I had to learn a lot. And so I like that what you're talking about, which is, man, like my heart and soul's into this. What happens when it belongs to the world really isn't your doesn't journey matter. anymore. It doesn't matter. Yeah, man, it's cool. Yeah. Good on you. Dude, thanks for coming on the Boston, bro. bro. Of this course.
4: was
1: fantastic.
4: We
2: did it. <laughs> we did Actually, like, I'm proud of us. One
1: of my top ten at five. Are you
2: serious? Yeah, no, you I'm don't serious. fucking say that I'm to everybody, serious.
1: right? No, because you have a lot of fucking gems, Dane, and you've been through a fucking lot, dude. Yeah.
2: I'd I'm like to part two. Good. I think we should part two this. I think we should tease it right I'd now. I'd love to. All right? <laughs> part two. Part Dana, two. Dana, part Dana. two is coming. <laughs> okay? I'm going to put on some shorts for part two. It's going to get fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Plug, plug your shit when, when, when it oh, coming so, out. So what I'm going to do is, you know, right now I'm in the process of figuring out where I want it to be. But I I might just want to do it independently. So yeah. if people follow me on TikTok, that's what I've been using lately as like my hub. Sure. I have DaneCook.com, but hit me up on TikTok at DaneCook and you'll be the first person to know either where it streams or where you can get it directly. How's sure. that? Sure. You know what's funny?
3: I found out he was on impulsive on his fucking TikTok. I'm on the fucking show. <laughs> I'm watching his live stream. I go, What the fuck? He's out. Of-, and I literally called the team. I go, Are we
4: having Dane Cook on? it? George, that's yeah. because you don't read the goddang text. You don't <laughs> read the group chat. You know what <laughs> fucking- Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Impulsive. We love you. Hit that subscribe button. We'll see you next time. Take it easy. Peace. Yeah.
0: Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day little. actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com
1: no purchase necessary btw void or prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus